So hi, Dimitri. Hi, Adam. How are you doing? Not too bad. What we already learned one year ago, it was exact, exactly one year ago, that uh, you started you know, to hack uh, on a Russian first XT PC in Russia in 1985. So we don't have to, to recap that. But uh, what's interesting, Helidon 2 is out. And uh, what you promised me that the native compilation for MicroProfile is going to work. Is it true? Yes, definitely. Oh, this is the answer. No, uh, yeah, you are not a marketing man, you know. Should say, of course, and you know. So, um, and uh, what I also t take a look at uh, Helidon. What I really appreciate is really nice idea. Helidon CLI. Yeah. And uh, what it is, this is like a native, native file, one file. And uh, what you can do, you can set up a project and run Helidon in dev mode. So what it basically does, it watches the changes and reloads everything. So um, how the Helidon CLI is written, you know, is it in Java? and compiled to, or is it Go? Uh, yes, it's written in Java, and uh, it actually uses GraalVM to uh, make a native image for different platforms. Uh, currently, we support only uh, Mac OS and Linux, but Windows version is coming soon, too. Uh, so yes, this is a Java application. It's, it's very tied with Maven, you know? So mm -hmm. uh, uh, all it does, it checks the Maven ar uh, archetypes, and uh, uh, there... Uh, generator, the code generator we had there is actually based on Maven archetypes. Okay. Uh, that's actually great news because it feels like Go. So um, I was already afraid to ask, you know, is it Java? Because I suspected you would answer no, we've, we've wrote it in Go, which would be a little bit sad. But uh, this is just one one binary. I just downloaded it with curl minus O and did no chmod A plus X and copied to a folder. And it worked out of the box. What I also appreciate, it comes with uh, configuration, where I can store, you know, my uh, my stuff. I don't have to repeat it over and over again. So it is somewhere in dot .helidon config or something. So I can add, you know, my default packages, my default settings, and it seems like it picks it up and creates a new project, you know, on the fly, which is uh, really pragmatic. What I couldn't find is the source code on GitHub. You know where it is? Oh, that's actually a good question. I'm not sure that they have a CLI code on GitHub, but maybe they do. Right, we have a build tools um, ah. repository. Uh, let me open it here, and uh, I'll try to find it. Uh, it's in Oracle, and uh, if you type Helidon mm -hmm. build tools, ah, okay, because uh, it was not on the Helidon repository. I just find no readme. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, yes, Helidon CLI is definitely there. Okay, uh, uh, we have three repositories, right? Mm -hmm. We have. We have Helidon dash build dash tools, okay. and they have Helidon dash site, right? Okay. So in the CLI is in the build tools. Okay. Store. I will take a look on that because uh, what I did is I created a primitive version of that years ago called what watch and deploy, and it works uh, similarly. But this was just pure Java. I was too lazy to cross compile it to different languages, and I had some trouble with Maven Embedder because uh, it uh, the Maven Embedder is based on some stream Xtreme, I think, and this is not compatible with Java 11 which causes some warnings, so uh, some to do on my side. Probably, you know, Christmas. Christmas vacation is a, is a, is a, is a, is a, a good you know, uh, t a time to, to do that. Um, so um, what's new uh, in, in Helidon world? So one year, so what happened? So uh, do, are you happy with the progress or you know, what's the state of Helidon? Uh, I would say that I'm happy with the progress. Of course, we could do some more, but uh, they're limited with resources. It was one dot something version. Now we have a uh, 2.x branch, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, there were a lot of changes in 2.x. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the main thing, our main goal for 2.x was to bring Graal VM to the microprofile world. Mm -hmm. So uh, we do have 
Graal VM support for Helidon MP. Mm-hmm. It means for users that uh, you can build micro-profile applications and compile them into the native image. Mm-hmm. And they do, uh, you know that uh, we use the proper full CDI version. So uh, we don't have some kind of restricted CDI version not supporting something. We do have a weld, and which works with uh, all uh, CDI extensions. Mm-hmm. And if the, uh, you can bring third-party CDI extension as well as embedded Helidon extensions. And uh, if that extension supports uh, GraalVM, it will smoothly work. Uh, that's the main thing. Uh, there, are, there are many other features, uh, for instance, messaging and mm-hmm. uh, reactive operators. Uh, we support it in both MP and SE. Mm-hmm. Uh, in MP, there are microprofile specifications. And in SE, uh, we just used our own API. Actually, that stuff was contributed by David Carlock. You know, David Carlock, mm-hmm. it's a guy who uh, created uh, Reactor 3, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we do have, uh, uh, basically, you know, off topic a little bit, Guy Daniel, who was working on this messenger stuff, he's a fan of your podcast, you know. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, I would like to uh, say hi to him. Uh, hi, Daniel. Uh, I think he will be glad that he's mentioned in your <laughs> podcast. Right? Now, what we should do better, we should invite him to my podcast. Uh, yeah. So give me an email. I will invite him. This is really interesting because we can talk about reactive, reactive, right? Reactive messaging. Yes, reactive messaging, reactive stream operators. He was the guy who was doing that. Yeah, very good. So uh, I, I will invite him for sure. So this is my, my to-do. We will do it. Okay, so what it means is uh, we have micro-profile and, as, as you mentioned, complete CDI support. So, yes. so what it implies is you don't like how Quarkus integrates <laughs> with CDI, I guess, right? Uh, it's just a different use case. Uh, Quarkus did a great job. Uh, in what they've done, right? Mm-hmm. Quarkus is brilliant, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but uh, they went the way uh, of restricting some functionality in favor of uh, better um, VM support, right? Okay. So they don't support uh, the hundreds of CDI extensions. Uh, they, uh, let's put it this way. They make their own extension based on that, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the functionality is great, uh, but what we do, uh, we just we've chosen slightly different way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we want we don't want to restrict our users, right? And mm-hmm. uh, uh, we support the full CDI version. We support full weld with no restricted functionality, which is great if you want to, for instance, migrate your monolith application to microservices or just follow full and standards and so on. And they actually have customers who choose Helidon uh, only because of that. Okay, so what it means is, um, so, so my opinion from outside is like, you know, Quarkus is pragmatic and they tend to choose, you know, the 80% approach if they if this is simpler and, you know, runs on GraalVM. And my impression from, from Helidon is you try to be, you know, more standard compliant. So, you know, you say we, have, we would like to support everything uh, so this is the main difference, right? I would say, so from philosophical perspective. So if I watch, you know, the Corcus guys and watch you, this is what, what, what is my impression, at least. Can you put it this uh, way? Your, yeah, uh, your impression is right. Yeah. We are trying to be uh, very standard compliant. Okay, uh, which, is, um, which is also my take. So as you probably know me, so I was always pro Java E and Jakarta E for years, and this is one of the reasons why I still enjoy Java, because, I mean, uh, I just focus on the APIs, you know, good talk, 
uh, on all conferences for 20 years without you know, changing my slides. <laughs> always <laughs> That's the, advantage, yeah. Yeah, yeah, always <laughs> the same story because you know, the runtimes uh, changed, but the API remained the same. So uh, without that, it wouldn't be possible. But I have to say, I, I, I like both approaches. And uh, what I also like, you are not copying each other. This is what what's 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 fascinating is the most. So I do a lot of Quarkus right now. You know the different is approach. They use a Maven plugin, Quarkus colon dev, and you use the CLI tool, which is a completely different approach. But I also like it. It's very similar to my Word approach, and it's a completely different take with uh, which is is really perfect because you know something happens in Java ecosystem. I would say so. We have two great runtimes which uh, emphasize the standards. So the um, Quarkus uses no. Um, Small Ray with MicroProfile, and you are actually also using Small Ray behind the scenes. Uh, we do use Small Ray for uh, some uh, MicroProfile functionality. I remember that we use it for Open API, for instance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for many things, we have our own implementations uh, based on Helidon SE. And is your implementation more like Weld, where I could use it outside, or is it more or less you know custom code for Helidon? You know what I mean? Is it more like you know uh, Small Ray, where I can pick Small Ray and run it on Glassfish, or is your uh, implementation optimized for Helidon? Uh, you can use SE uh, for creating your applications too, right? So no, no, I might, fine. I, I might, yeah. you know, you, you created your own microprofile API implementation, so the SPIs for microprofile, right? Uh, I, I'm afraid that it's really done only. Okay, perfect. No, I mean, it is design choice, and uh, because if it will be a generic implementation, then uh, it, yeah, it couldn't be that optimized. This is my trade-off, architectural trade-off, just for me to understand that. Um, yeah. what, I, what I also like, um, I just watched you know, uh, the, the guides and the documentation is that uh, you are actually shipping with out-of-the-box WebSocket and Tyros, which comes actually from Jakarta E. Um, are there any others? Um, Jakarta APIs, which you're supporting out of the box, or how Jakarta compliant are you actually? So, which you know, uh, what is what you are supporting beyond microprofile from Jakarta space, like bin validation, what we have, you know, the concurrency and whatever. From Jakarta, mm-hmm. we support uh, first of all uh, uh, everything what microprofile asks us to support, right? So, mm-hmm. JSON binding, JSON processing, JAX RS CDI, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to that, uh, we are supporting DevSocket. We are supporting JPA, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, JPA is very important to support. Mm-hmm. We don't support anything else. Bean validation, uh, bean validation. We're not declaring bean validation support, but I guess that it's easy to support bean validation by adding the dependency to Hibernate validator, mm-hmm. right? We don't support concurrency. We don't support security. We don't support servlet, and uh, there are no plans to support servlet. Mm-hmm. Basically, I personally don't think that we will support more Jakarta specifications than we do support now. We do mm-hmm. support what users want us to support. But mm-hmm. um, why uh, Why I'm asking is because uh, you know, uh, what I get a lot of requests is to help people migrate for marketing reasons or for real reasons from Jakarta or Java E to Quarkus or uh, Helidon. So Helidon is a little bit rare nowadays because uh, um, I was in the, you know, more uh, like I'd say... Um, Whitefly environment that is the natural choice Quarkus, but um, if someone would use, you know, I would say let's WebLogic or Glassfish, the old one, and then Helidon would be the natural choice because of commercial support. Speaking of which, uh, c- can we actually buy support for Helidon right now? Uh, it's in progress. We are working on uh, establishing a Helidon skew, right? Uh-huh. But if you own WebLogic, uh-huh. if you do, uh, when uh, Helidon support comes for free. Ah, it means. Uh, so WebLogic project can you know just pick Helidon and go for it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's the idea. So if you would uh, if you own the Logic already license and you would like to migrate to microservices, right? Mm-hmm. Then uh, we would like 
to make Helidon for our customers, their natural choice, right? Mm-hmm. So we can use Helidon. First of all, we support all the standards. Uh, not all the standards, but we support standards in full for mm-hmm. easy migration. And the second thing that is support. So uh, people can, uh, you know, just use support the same way as we use for WebLogic. Uh, are there going to be some, you know, migration tools or whatever, or do you have them internally or no? So is how to migrate? No, we don't have any migration tools. You know, migration tools, it's quite complicated first, and uh, it uh, solves some very simple use cases usually, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, it means that it works on the paper, but if you, uh, because projects are not created using one template, right? So mm-hmm. uh, one project in uh, another project, they are different, sometimes a little bit different, sometimes lot different and uh, creating some kind of the generic migration tools is always problem right so mm-hmm. uh, we keep it up to uh, the users mm-hmm. how to migrate uh, but uh, what we are saying we are saying that if you are in standards right mm-hmm. we do support standards if you are in web logic it if you are in helidon helidon is also a standard solution then you know it makes migration much easier mm-hmm. this is what is also so uh, it is actually very easy to migrate from a reasonable Java Jakarta project to MicroProfile. It is, uh, and and many of my clients are actually surprised how fast it went. So it is not like a you know, big deal. It's mostly you know just replacing some annotation that usually it works. Yep, exactly. One question is, if I would uh, let's say would like you know to cross compile my Java MicroProfile application to GraalVM, how easy is it with Helidon? Do I have to you know to use specific? Do I have to provide some help for Helidon, or does it work out of the box in most cases? Uh, it works out of the box. You just need to uh, use native profile. If you created your application using Helidon CLI, mm-hmm. right? We have mm-hmm. a profile for that. You just do pnative, and uh, it will compile it uh, using Gralvian. Okay. And uh, it, it also, if I would use Reflection, then it's a game over, right? You have to do, provide some additional help, or uh, this is a, this is a, this is your application, right? Yeah. So uh, uh, we provide GraalVM support in Helidon. So yeah. uh, it means that uh, if you use only Helidon, right, mm-hmm. uh, it will compile fine. But if you use some third parties extensions or mm-hmm. use, use some reflection in your code, right, or you use some proxy or runtime operations in your code, you need to be aware of it, right, yourself. Okay. So Helidon won't help here. You need oh. to... Then I have to go the standard GraalVM route. I would have to do whatever is necessary from GraalVM perspective, you know, to, uh, to to declare the additional dependencies, and this is uh, standard again. So there is no, you know, additional yes. syntactic yes. sugar around GraalVM. No, okay, we don't have. So what it means is similar to to Quarkus. So you have, you know, predefined. It's called them extensions, which uh, work out of the box with GraalVM. This is just, you know, predefined libraries, and we have. Uh, and if I would add a just regular um, dependency in Maven. Then I will have to care by myself whether this is GraalVM compatible or not, right? But it will work Correct. out of the box. Mm-hmm. Correct. And uh, what about, let's say, Oracle drivers? So if you add uh, Oracle JBC driver, what's with that? Do you have specific, you know, Oracle drivers which are GraalVM ready or something like that? Uh, I think they do work with Oracle just fine, right? Uh, with the latest drivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure only one thing is the drivers out or not, right? Okay. So, okay, but in one point in time, Oracle JDBC driver will support GraalVM native compilation. Oh, definitely, yes. Yeah, you know. So, the... uh, there is a work going on in that area. Uh-huh. So, uh, yes, mm-hmm. it will. Another question which interests me. Uh, does uh, place Helidon any role in the Oracle Cloud? Uh, what do you mean? If uh, if you would use no, I don't know, Oracle Cloud functions or whatever, is is can I use somehow? You know, uh, you uh, you mean uh, using supporting cloud 
service is natively in Hilidon, right? Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. So uh, we are working on uh, supporting uh, some of OCI services in Hilidon as well as not OCI services. So mm-hmm. uh, one of our goals is better cloud support. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the next version, I mean the major version of Helidon, we will bring some functionality related to the cloud, definitely. Uh, I can't really unveil what functionality is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, something they are working on now, something is in very, very draft mode at the moment. Uh, but uh, supporting better support for clouds is one of our goals. On OCI, you mean, you know, the, the, the container standard, right? API. This is what you mean by OCI, right? Uh, OCI is Oracle Cloud Infrastructure. Basically. Oh, so, okay. Or, uh, it, it, it's Oracle Cloud. Yeah, you don't know about that, possibly. Okay. So, uh, yeah. OCI okay. is Oracle Cloud. So, so what will happen is that the, 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 the next version of Helidon will come with somehow better support for the Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, right? And, yes. And okay. And right now is of course crowd ready because you can already use Docker and Kubernetes and whatever you have. Because yeah, but yeah. this is a generic way. Yeah, yeah, to generic way. Applications mm-hmm. to the cloud, right? But mm-hmm. uh, there are different services in the cloud, right? Messaging services, login services, um, uh, functions, and so on, right? In each cloud, that uh, these services are different, right? Yeah. So uh, we are trying to come out currently with some kind of solution uh, for uh, not only for Oracle Cloud. I know that Kilidon is used not only on Oracle Cloud, it's used on Amazon, it's used on Azure and so on. Mm-hmm. So we are trying to satisfy all users. Mm-hmm. So uh, we are not limiting our uh, uh, cloud support to Oracle Cloud only. Mm-hmm. What uh, you could do... And, uh, what, uh, yeah. Of, of, of what I would say, if someone wants to contribute uh, some cloud support to Helidon, uh, you are welcome. So if people from Google or from Microsoft or from Amazon are listening to your podcast, so I'm inviting them to contribute uh, their cloud support to Helidon. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so what we published recently is a podcast with, um, actually, uh, Microsoft. They have a GMS 2.0 compatible uh, implementation of uh, Asia Service Bus which comes with Maven dependency, this will be a perfect case, you know, because you can you know, send messages to, to the uh, Azure service bus, for instance. And uh, s- such integration, it could actually work on, on different levels. What I remember, what Microsoft did, uh, they provided, for instance, for MicroProfile Config, their own provider. And uh, you could, you know, get injected credentials for the Microsoft, uh, the secrets for the Microsoft Cloud. Something like this would work. And what I could imagine, you can provide a set of um, Oracle-specific extensions, which makes, you know, which makes all the services which are relevant to you injectable to Helidon, right? There's something like this could work in future. And this would be the, like, you know, cloud profile. So in, 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 the, in, the, in the case of Oracle, you could the Oracle stuff. And in the case, you know, of, 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 of Microsoft, you could the Microsoft stuff, right? Well, that's exactly what they're thinking of. Yeah, perfect. And um, are you still involved with MicroProfile, JSONB on JSONP, or is no no time for that? Uh, uh, most of the time in Jakarta, I spent in uh, uh, PMC, a specification committee, and uh, uh, preparing for Jakarta EE9 release, right? Okay. So uh, if you want to talk about the new features of JSON binding and JSON uh, uh, processing, possibly it's a topic for uh, a separate conversation, right? Uh, uh, but yes, what I can say, uh, there are some features planned for uh, JSON binding related to configuration, related to better builder support, and so on and so on. We would like to make, for instance, um, a runtime configuration uh, and uh, uh, compile time configuration uh, with the same functionality, mm-hmm. right? 
So uh, you can do whatever you can do compile time, you will be able to do at runtime, for instance, right? Okay. And uh, where are some other small enhancements planned? But this is everything is for uh, Jakarta E10. And uh, I will definitely need to find some time for that after Jakarta E9 release. Okay. Um, what's a somehow Hediton related is uh, what would be really nice is to have, you know, Java record on JSON B support in Hediton, right? So I could just use Java record, you know, the uh, JDK, what is it? Uh, it's still in preview, um, but Java records, which are automatically serialized to JSONB, for instance, this would be something nice. So right? I think the Java records, I think, is not in preview. I think it's already out. It's GDK 15 or GDK 15 14, right? Uh, yeah, but uh, I agree. It would be nice to have. Uh, only one problem there is uh, switching the minimum version of Java, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, currently, the support in Helidon Java 11 as a minimum version. Mm -hmm. uh, Switching that to 14 on 15 to support records and so on, uh, I'm not sure that it will be good for our customers uh, because uh, most of the customers are using Java 11 as a long-term release. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, some of them in Java 8, and in Java 8, we can't use Helidon 2.0 because uh, uh, we have Java 11 as a minimum version of Java, right? So... Uh, for Jakarta, I guess that's that's the same problem, right? So uh, currently, Jakarta is Java eight based, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, we are planning to switch to Java eleven in their uh, nine point one or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, supporting records requires fourteen or fifteen. I don't remember where. where I, I think they are st it's still in preview. Um, I will have to check it out whether it is. Uh, I think it will come out in sixteen or seventeen. It was second preview or something, but uh, no. Uh, Yes, it is. You know what it came out? The text blocks are no more in preview. I think the Java records are still in preview, but uh, regardless whether they are in preview or not, uh, it would be nice to to have them. And uh, my opinion is, uh, you're right, the long-term support is one thing, but I'm also working a lot actually with startups and smaller companies. And for them, they could actually start right now a small microservice with Java 15 plus, who cares, and then just wait until the next LTS, you know. This is a viable solution in microservice because you can have a smaller service and then, uh, and you know, the major stuff can run still on JDK 11. So you can have different versions in microservice world, you know, communicating with each other, right? Yeah, uh, the solution may be to come out with some kind of the, uh, experimental features in different, exactly. in, uh, uh, different branches, right? Yeah. So uh, now, which is what they are planning for Project Loom, for instance. Mm -hmm. uh, we have some preliminary support for Project Loom. Mm -hmm. uh, no one knows when Project Loom is going to be released, but uh, you can uh, download a JDK with Project Loom from Oracle site, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, this is going to be quite interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it actually demonstrates really nice results. Uh, we mm -hmm. have support for that. I'm not sure that this branch is actually uh, in Helidon now. I, I don't think so. Uh, uh, it will be there soon. It's kind of experiments with uh, Project Lumen Helidon in mm -hmm. S-E-N-F-B. And uh, the results, the results are great. Okay. This will be my next question because, you know, uh, Helidon is somehow Oracle-sponsored project. Can we say that? Or is it uh, completely... Uh, uh, this open-source project, but yes, uh, all uh, major developers are Oracle developers. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, therefore, actually, an Oracle, of course, is you know, the steward of Java still. I mean, you know, the, the uh, Mark Reinhold yep. and Brian Getz are still working, you know, at Oracle. Uh, Prayos, uh, Sun, Sun uh, Gurus, I would say, now are working still at Oracle. So, um, what I would expect, that uh, Halidon has some advantage because, you know, you, you can work, if you like, very close with the other engineers. Are there some synergies or are just completely isolated, you know, and, um, you know, between the JVM team and Helidon team, or is it like two different departments that you see each other at Java 1 once a year? Uh, 
now we can see each other only on computer screens, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I would say that we do have relationships in the Java team, right? Okay. Uh, we communicate with Java folks. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, especially uh, in the area of Project Loom support, mm-hmm. uh, we had a couple of conversations even more, and uh, we did have even some uh, presentations and POCs, right? Uh, so uh, uh, we are not we are not isolated, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's in Oracle, it's possible to communicate between teams, mm-hmm. and um, we w- this is what we do. Yeah, this is very good because at at, at the Sun Microsystems time, I always wondered myself why they are not talking to each other. So like that, complete different departments. One did something, and the other did completely different. And uh, and uh, I, from outside, I watched them. This is really a pity because if they would work together, like no, I don't know what you were at Sun. No, back then. No, no, no. Um, there was like you know Sun Grid, and dieses, uh Sun Grid was like kind of a cloud. And at the same time, already they had you know the Java E service. But in order to deploy to the SunGrid, you have to use a completely strange format and zip the entire thing. And it's like, okay, why are you doing this and not using just a war or ear or whatever, right? And um, this is what I never understood, but large company is a large company. But I'm glad it works a little bit better. So uh, what I understood the last time, the Helidon has a complete reactive core, right? So a very uh, a reactive core is probably one of the reasons why you don't like, like servlets, right? I guess, because they are not compatible with your reactive core, I would say, right? Uh, that's the uh, first reason. Another reason that uh, we don't think that services, servlet is really a microservices thing, right? So uh, you mainly use uh, RESTful services, not HTTP services, for your microservices services. Another reason why we don't want to support servlet. What you will lose with servlets, what I, what I, what I still think what the valid use case can be is, um, I also spend time in, in web frontends. And uh, in, in web, it is very natural to have, you know, Node.js, or not very natural, it is fashionable, not natural, to have uh, on the back end uh, Node.js and in the front end uh, something else, uh, let's say React or whatever, and they are pre-rendering stuff on the back end, and they use, you know, a template-like language, or they use uh, hybrid frameworks which are able to pre-render on the server side, and we have such frameworks, you know, we have MVC, we have JSPs, we have servlets, and uh, kind of JSF a little bit. So, uh, I mean, for such use cases, you could use Helidon, Quarkus, or whatever comes, you know, to pre-render HTML on the server side and send, you know, the pre-rendered HTML to the browser and then, you know, proceed with JavaScript. Not like everything pre-rendered on the server, you know. Um, my example is if you have, let's say, a zip codes for USA, right? So, in, in, so what you could do on the server is just pre-render the web components to fetch from the database all the zip codes, you know, and 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 ship the hard-coded zip code options to the to the to the uh, to the browser. Otherwise, I will have to go from the browser to the server and fetch the zip codes via additional fetch, which is which is uh, slower. So, therefore, I think um, in longer term, if you do more marketing in this direction, it could take off because in Java we had the technology for years, but we use it. In a completely different way, we try you know to do all or nothing. We try we try to generate everything on the server, which was problematic, right? Uh, yeah. On the other hand, that pre-rendering stuff, you know, uh, if it's very simple, like you pre-render HTTP page, um, HTML page, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, you. You should support something like expression language, uh, standard title library, mm-hmm. uh, or even uh, more sophisticated components like JSF, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure that we really want it. And supported it in a limited amount, uh, it doesn't make sense because users would like to have more, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, your use case with uh, zip codes, uh, 
yes, it's one request to the server. Really, really simple request which returns one zip code. Mm -hmm. And after that, you cache it in your browser in in the session store, right? And Mm -hmm. uh, you don't do any more requests to the server. Uh, This solution would perfectly work, right? So... uh, but only because of that use cases bringing this uh, huge amount of uh, code to the framework, um, it doesn't sound really reasonable, is it? Uh, serverless is not that much, right? Servlet, I mean, the servlet would be just, yeah. Um, what well, I... servlet, but, but I'm talking about JSF, for instance. No, JSF, right? yeah, you're right. JSF, yeah. I wouldn't use JSF for that. I, I, yeah. I mean, MVC, servlet, JSP, this is what I'm thinking about. JSF, not. I just, you know, mentioned JSF. It could that JSF would be it's actually not suitable to do that, JSF, because there are no loops and nothing, right? So I would say server like, or JSPs would work well, MVC, the Jakarta MVC would work well for that, and uh, servlet is just enabling technology. JSF not. JSF is not suitable for that, so ag- agreed. What I do right now is an interesting solution just for you, but uh, I use GraalVM, and GraalVM comes with uh, JavaScript support, really good JavaScript support. So what I did is I uh, created a uh, the JS context, and loaded a mustache on handlebars, a native JavaScript solution to render the output, which worked, but uh, was uh, it's a little bit slow because of JavaScript, because I have to reopen the context over and over again because of request scoped. And this is where I got the idea, I know which Java would work uh, easier. And I'm just giving you a use case, which could be a viable one, why servlets could make sense. Or if not servlet, I think Jersey has also the capability of MVC on top of Jersey, at least, you know, back then, there was a Jersey investigation that you could use Jersey to render front-ends. You remember that? They no. had They had on Jersey, there was a Java one that on Jersey, a, a, a extension of Jersey where you can render, like, just use JaxRS to render, you know, HTML. Okay, I don't remember that. Okay, no, so we will have to, it, um, uh, I would try to find that and, and send to you. But regardless, just giving you some new ideas where servlets or JSPs or Jakarta MVC or similar Technology could make sense. And what I also do with Quarkus right now, they have their own rendering uh, stuff um, and uh, Qt, and I use that for static page generation. So I create, you know, the native image, and it generates, for, in- for instance, a, a static page, which works also great. But uh, yeah, this is, as you said, uh, if you, uh, lots of your cl- clients or customers uh, asking you for that, then you're implementing this. I hope after the podcast, you know, you get lots of requests, you know, to, <laughs> support. to implement server. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Maybe. He, he, Some, he, he, yeah. <laughs> you need to talk with Thomas Langer, right? So, uh, about servlets, uh, yeah. Why Thomas uh, hates servlets? This will be the title of the uh, podcast. Uh, why, why Thomas hates servlets? Yeah, yeah that's but, exactly. uh, uh, What I agree with is that uh, servlets will possibly make even more sense uh, for Project Loom, right? Uh-huh. Uh, their slow blocking framework suddenly will become very, very fast, right? Yeah. So, but, but why are you so aware of the performance? I have to, to admit, I never had that problem with servlets in production. I mean, it is from the theoretical perspective. They are blocking, of course, so they can kill your runtime. But they were never a problem, you know? I mean, even if the, serv- if the thread blocks and consumes some memory, uh, we are not implementing API gateway with servlets. It's more like, you know, a w- very specific use case for a microservice. And if we get several requests per second, it's not a problem. You get the problem if you get, you know, 100,000 requests per second, which not every project has. Uh, but, you know... Uh... In the cloud era, I would say, yeah. uh, performance and memory consumptions means direct money, right? Yeah. So uh, customers are choosing solutions which are uh, low memory because they are paying for memory mm-hmm. and they're very performant because uh, if you have a slower solution, you will need to uh, have more nodes, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, more nodes means more money. So uh, uh, fastest and uh, 
lowest memory consumption solutions uh, winning, right? Okay. Which is what we are, which is what we are trying to do. So, what do you mean? So, your focus is performance and scalability. Is number one. Whatever you know. Uh... It, it it it's always was. Right? Okay. It, 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 it's always was. Uh, we actually have an Oracle a separate team, uh, which is uh, testing different frameworks for performance and uh, for um, um, you know blocking racing conditions and this kind of stuff. And uh, I think they are doing a perfect job. Uh, they already uh, had a lot of advices for us, uh, which uh, with their help, we were able to make Helidon really fast in start type and in uh, request processing and so on. Okay. So what would be actually interesting, you could do this, uh, you could actually compare Helidon to Glassfish because Glassfish is now is an open source, uh, the, uh, I mean, the true Glassfish from, uh, from the, uh, the open source edition, writing out some code with, let's say, servlets, uh, just, just do something reasonable and compare it to Helidon because then people will really see, you know, the memory consumption from Glassfish versus memory consumption of Helidon and the scalability of Glassfish versus Helidon. And hence, Glassfish is you now an open source project. No one could object that, right? It would be a fair comparison somehow. Or at least... Yeah, to, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah that's, it's, it's actually a good idea to write a blog article about that, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, um, maybe to include other microservices framework as a comparison. Uh, it would be really good. Yeah, I agree. So uh, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we should do it. Yeah. And uh, regarding Project Loom, what Project Loom is, uh, to my understanding, is it's just like green threads back then, right? So you can, you can have uh, lots of threads and these threads do, don't consume a lot of res or no or, or a little resources comparing to real lightweight, threads. Lightweight, lightweight threads, yes. Exactly. And this is exactly what uh, it started with Java. It was called green threads, and they, dis they, they uh, switched to uh, native threads because of CPU support, and now this is you now the direction back to lightweight threads. Yeah, that, that's actually great. So what it means is that uh, the Haridon is doing well. This is an alternative to Quarkus. And uh, it supports MicroProfile 3.3, I think, right? Uh, yes. Last week, we released uh, version 2.1, uh, which supports MicroProfile 3.3, which is the latest now at the moment. Mm -hmm. And are uh, you always supporting the latest? So is it one of the priorities to, to catch up with the MicroProfile? Or... Yes, of course. We are MicroProfile framework, right? Okay. So uh, we, are, we are trying to catch up and uh, even be the first to support, right? Uh, very good. And the Java SE, what's uh, how how many customers are using Java SE and only, and how many are using MicroProfile? If you can reveal that, you know. No, that? that's a good question. Uh, uh, I'm not a Helidon PM, right? Wow. Uh, I, I I don't know how many customers are using what version of Helidon. It's actually quite difficult to detect, right? Yeah. Uh, what I can say that since 2.0 was released, mm -hmm. uh, folks have they spend a lot of time and customer support. Mm -hmm. right? So uh, suddenly, uh, people started to ask a lot of questions uh, so about Helidon, and uh, the amount of these requests is increased significantly. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, based on that, I can assume that uh, a lot of people started to use Helidon or started to play with Helidon, uh, which is absolutely brilliant. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, if you ask my personal numbers, which I have in my head, yeah, right, yeah. Um, I think more people are using MicroProfile than Helidon SE. Uh, because mm -hmm. it's just more familiar development experience for them, right? Yeah. Uh, it's based on Enterprise Java. It's very similar, or the same, I can say, uh, uh, what Spring has, right? Mm -hmm. Annotations, dependency injections, everything is quite similar. So uh, more people are using Helidon MicroProfile. But there are some people who definitely use Helidon SE uh, because we have questions about it, right? Okay. Uh, especially uh, uh, our new DB client, when we introduced that, uh, 
we suddenly had uh, a lot of questions uh how it works and uh what is that and how to do this using db client and so on so it doesn't mean actually that people use it in production but at least people are interested in what is that we have people evaluating that people providing us feedback which mm-hmm. is what we really need very much we need your feedback mm-hmm. i mean not your feedback but for, uh, i'm asking all listeners so okay. if you have some feedback about helidon it's positive or negative possibly negative is better because it makes some um, us it forces us to make the Helidon better, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, please provide your feedback uh, on Twitter, our issues tracker, uh, wherever. Uh, in our Slack channel, uh, we are usually very responsive in uh, answering questions. And uh, I just uh, took a look at the Java SE, and it looks interesting and looks powerful. What I could imagine, if you have spe- special cases, you know, then go with Java SE because uh, I-, I assume you can use all the Helidon functionality. Hence, microprofile is a abstraction already among different runtimes. It is impossible to reveal all the features of Helidon via microprofile. I mean, this 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 never works, right? If you have an API like you know Jakarta E, let's say, and then uh, Payara, WebLogic, uh, WebSphere were always more powerful than Jakarta E was because of the API is the same as microprofile. True, I would say if I would build you know an API gateway or something like this, I would probably as a product use Java SE and have the full power. And if I'm in project, I would use microprofile, and I prefer microprofile, of course, because this is immediately familiar for, for, for me, and it can start in seconds, right? So for me, I just uh, took a brief look at Java SE, but I spent some time with microprofile, I would say, a few days just uh, working with Helidon, because what I wanted to do is, you know, is the GraalVM, the JavaScript, and it worked well out of the box. So, um, so microprofile felt really natural to me from the beginning. Yeah, uh, it's a question of different development experience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So... Uh, if you would like to use pure Java and have full control on what your application is doing, exactly. right? Mm-hmm. Then Kilidon is your choice because mm-hmm. you control it fully, right? Mm-hmm. There are no magic. We call it actually officially no magic oh. because uh, no injections, no uh, hey, no annotations. No magic is my term, you know. I will sue you. So I will sue Oracle oh, uh, right sorry. after the podcast. Okay. You know, no magic is my thing. <laughs> no. Possibly you will give us a right to use your expressions. Yeah, I will have to. After 10 years, you know, after 10 years lawsuit, so, uh, then uh, we will retire and we're still unsolved. Okay, yeah. Now, now you can use it because you're Oracle. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. So uh, uh, basically with Hilidon SE, you have full control, right? You can mm-hmm. do uh, everything, really. Uh, but it's a, it's a trade-off. There are always trade-offs, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you have full control. But you need to write a little bit more code, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, with uh, microprofile, microprofile does a lot of things for you. Yeah. Right? And uh, uh, sometimes you want it. In the most cases, you want it, and it does it right. But in some cases, this is not what you want, yeah. right? Yeah. And in this case, possibly Helidon is easier choice that you can do whatever you want and as you want, right? Yeah. But as I said, uh, the drawback is a little bit more code, and uh, the reactive code is. Uh, uh, more complicated to develop than um, mm-hmm. just normal Java C like code, Java E like code. But uh, what's really difference between uh, different between Helidon and Quarkus is that Helidon from beginning was uh, how to call it a library. I would say because uh, you had always the main method in, under your control, so you can you know start the main method, do whatever you like, and then launch Helidon. 
And with Quarkus, it wasn't possible at the beginning. And I was, uh, even wanted to contribute some code to make it work, but it didn't. Now it works. But Hadidon uh, uh, did it from beginning, which is really interesting. You know, the uh, your vision or goals are complete opposite, and it still works. This is what fascinates me with both frameworks. You know, the Quarkus was like, you know, completely integrated, but closed, a little bit closed solution first, because it started and here it is. And you could actually, you know, integrate... I mean, it would be completely strange, but you could <laughs> integrate Helidon inside a JavaFX application just for fun. I mean, it it will work. You can. You can. Uh, you can. I mean, yeah. And uh, you, uh, and 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 why not, right? So th that's the the main difference. What I noticed is that Oracle works together with Micronaut guys, right? So um, will be the any impact on on Helidon? Yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, Graham works uh, for Oracle now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, is it uh, part of your team or or different team? No. Uh -huh. No, uh, we are in different departments. Mm -hmm. So uh, Graham works in GraalVM team. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, we are in cloud native Java team. Okay. Right? So uh, uh, Graham is great. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, hey, Graham, great is, Graham is great. Is <laughs> Graham is great. Graham is great. He's working on Micronaut and uh, uh, with combination uh, with GraalVM. Right? Okay. And uh, what we are trying to do, uh, we are trying to uh, somehow... Uh, integrate some Micronaut functionality to Helidon, for instance. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, quite soon, uh, I can't say really when, but uh, soon, um, we will come out with uh, supporting Micronaut extensions in Helidon, right? Mm -hmm. At least some of them. So in Helidon MP, uh, you can add a couple of dependencies and you will be able, for instance, to use Micronaut data in your Helidon MP application, right? Okay. Or uh, bin validation from Micronaut uh, in Helidon MP application, uh, which, would be, which would be really great. So it increases uh, the Helidon overall functionality. Uh, and uh, Micronaut users will be able to try at least Helidon because Micronaut doesn't support microprofile. Right? Exactly. And uh, if uh, users want, Want to use microprofile, and they still miss some of them a Micronaut functionality like Micronaut data. This could be a nice solution for them, right? Uh, this is actually great news. Great news because what I was afraid of, uh, what I thought is that you know Helidon will get the Micronaut APIs. I, then I will be completely no more interested in in, in Helidon because you know the 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 interesting part is the microprofile. This is the familiarity. And people ask me about my opinion about Micronauts. Like it's nice, but it's a completely different world. You know, I mean, uh, we are from Jakarta, a microprofile. So why to learn something different? But in your particular case, it makes perfect sense because I can keep using microprofile and use a Micronaut extension with some Micronaut, Micronaut add-ons, add you know, which uh, which is completely viable. Yeah, so uh, Helidon is still there. Uh, as we talked before, um, we position Helidon as a, a, a standard-friendly uh, solution, right? Mm -hmm. So Helidon <laughs> is about standards, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, micro, Micronaut is all about GraalVM, right? So mm -hmm. it's a little bit different areas, right? So uh, two frameworks uh, are still there. And uh, we are trying to get the best. Helidon uh, is trying to get some ideas from Micronaut, and I guess the Micronaut wants to get some ideas from Helidon too, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, but we are not talking about uh, turning Helidon into Micronaut or turning Micronaut into Helidon. No, no, no. This is uh, this is definitely what we are not planning to do. Yeah, this is actually great news. And uh, another question is: What interests me is uh, are there any story with Helidon in? Uh serverless, you know, Helidon as a function or something like that. Uh, are you toying with that or, you know, just using Helidon in native mode to run on K-native or something like this? I, I think you have because uh, what I what I uh, tried, you know, FN, Project FN from Oracle is a little bit, you know, on hold. It seems like from the from the commits 
Um, but uh, something like you know Helidon instead of the fn function would make perfect sense for me. Uh, yes, we uh, we work in this area, right? Uh, again, we were talking about that cloud support is one of okay, our priorities, okay. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, supporting cloud functions uh, uh, is included in that uh, cloud support too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, functions is not limited to. Uh, FN project, right? There are also Amazon Lambdas, there exactly. are Google functions, there are Azure functions, and so on, right? So uh, uh, it's th- this work is in progress. We want to make it the Helidon way, right? Yeah. So uh, uh, we want to make it the way that users, when they do programming, they feel that it's nicely integrated into the Helidon APIs, in the Helidon development experience. Uh, it takes a little bit of time, right? Of course. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, uh, it will be it will be there eventually, definitely. So you're also looking at cloud events and stuff like that as well, I, g- I guess, right? So uh, yes, yeah, very good. Yes, uh, yes. So um, you mentioned Spring. So is there any comparison, you know, uh, Spring Boot memory versus Helidon memory? Yes, we did some comparison, uh, but. I don't think that we compared the recent versions, right? Okay. Uh, of Helidon, the recent versions of Spring Boot, right? Helidon uh, uh, was the absolute winner, by the way, in that comparison. Okay. So, uh, Helidon footprint is much smaller and memory consumption is much smaller. Okay. Right? Uh, uh, I don't have a numbers here. Uh, well, you can, you can send me, if you, if you can send me a link, I will put it to show notes. Because, I'll try to find out. I'll yeah, try to because find what, out. what I noticed, this is really, really funny. Um, as, as you know me, I'm working with uh, Jakarta and Java E for years, and you know uh, I always heard yeah. Java is big and and whatever, which was never true. But uh, I heard it over and over again. And some folks, you know, moved to Spring Boot. And what I see right now is they are moving back. Actually, I got asked, you know, last year I got two to three projects to help them to migration away from Spring Boot, and now it even increases a bit because of memory consumption and startup time. And I always asked him, how is it possible? You know, he claimed you are a lightweight framework, and now it seems like. It's big, but if you say, no, Helidon is smaller than Spring Boot, it seems to be true. Spring is great, right? Spring is basically currently de facto standard, mm-hmm. right? So uh, you're asking people what they use, and 90% or 80% say they use Spring, right? Okay. Spring Boot. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, people trying to find something else uh, to try to find alternative solution, right? Mm-hmm. And Helidon and the Quarkus and Micronaut, there are alternative solutions to Spring Boot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, with all the greatness, Spring Boot uh, has a lot of third-party dependencies, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, when you create a Spring Boot project, it uh, downloads uh, half of the internet uh, mm-hmm. of uh, dependencies, uh, which is not really good, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, for startups, possibly it doesn't make sense, but for corporate projects where you actually need to check all third parties and approve the usage of third parties because of licenses, uh, because of security and so on, it may become a huge problem, right? It, it so, is, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, this is, uh, I see, one of the reasons why people are trying to avoid Spring Boot because of uh, a lot of third-party dependencies. Uh, yeah, you, you, no, because you are using my arguments right now, which are really surprised me, right? Because uh, this is exactly what I saw and uh, what I never actually thought about that, what seems like, I, I have to admit, I uh, never started a Spring Boot project. So I helped, you know, to fixing some, uh, not Spring Boot project, as Java's pro- Java problems, which run on Spring Boot, but I never started or I, I just, my world is completely Jakarta in micro profile. This is all my project and whatever I do. But um, what I what I did accidentally, so I was asked to perform uh, a code review on a Spring Boot project, and they thought this is Java EE project, so they were they asked me, and the project looked actually really nice. It was uh, not exaggerated, or there was nothing. And um, so, so I said, okay, my feedback is it, the source code looks gr- 
great. And they say, okay, we will have to move away from it. It's like, why that? I mean, this looks nice. And what, what turned out is that uh, there is no API. So what the developer used is the Spring Boot dependencies directly. And this was an older Spring Boot version. And there was some security issue. They were forced to move up. But the problem was, I think it was 1.4. And the official path to 2.0 or something was migrate twice. So they say, we will actually have to migrate from 1.4 to 1.5, I believe, and from 1.5 to 2.0, and this is too much. And I thought, this is interesting, because I never thought about that, because uh, we never had to do this on application servers, because we had the API, you know? And if you're using just the Jakarta E or MicroProfile APIs, the, the vendors can do whatever they like. I never cared. It, it actually, we never had such an issue, I have to admit. Sometimes, you know, the servers behave differently. There were bugs, obviously, but not like we have to migrate anything, because we get a new version of Payara, Whitefly, or Open Liberty. There's Completely different world, I would say, right? So therefore, why I like also the microprofile world of Helidon, because if I I suspect if I would use the Java SE version of Helidon, it's probably less stable than the microprofile world, right? Less stable? Less stable. Because uh, the Java SE version, you, I, can, I will work with Helidon versions, uh, Helidon APIs directly, and the microprofile version is more stable than the Java SE stable, because if you upgrade Helidon, you are still tied to microprofile, right? Why my code one change in this particular case, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, that's actually a good question. I don't think that uh, Helidon SE APIs are less stable, yeah, but in microprofile, uh, uh, in microprofile, uh, microprofile is evolving really fast too, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So uh, when you want to change from one version of microprofile to another version of microprofile, you will possibly need to change your application too. Right. Yeah. And uh, uh, this is actually a consequence of fast cadets. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, 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 the APIs are not really stable. No, let's put it this way. Uh, this is uh, this assumption was incorrect. APIs are becoming stable. Right. So yeah. when you develop some APIs, you evolve, 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 evolve it. Right. Yeah. And eventually it becomes stable. When it's stable, it's not changing much. Right. But yeah. if it changes, you need to change your application. Yeah. So uh, uh, basically, uh, what I'm trying to say that. Uh, with microprofile, you will possibly need to change your application too, mm -hmm. right? Uh, if you would like to move from one version of microprofile to another. This is not Java E there, uh, uh, Java E7 and Java E8 for how many years? Like five years difference, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So uh, it's uh, something different. Yeah. Uh, but uh, in Helidon SE, uh, what we are trying to do, uh, uh, we are uh, supporting semantic versioning and uh, we are trying to bring back compatible changes only in the major release, right? Mm -hmm. So the release 2.0, it's not backwards compatible with 1.0. Mm -hmm. Maybe you won't feel it because that backwards compatibility will be in some different areas that we used, but mm -hmm. it's not, right? Mm -hmm. So next backwards incompatible change we will bring in Helidon 3, mm -hmm. uh, which will be released sometimes next year, which I think is totally fair, right? right. So uh, Back to microprofile, what I'm saying, Java SE from my eyes, it has to be more instable. It, unless you're creating your own API because uh, you are exposing directly the Helidon APIs. And with microprofile, uh, the microprofile stability is dictated by the microprofile versions. And if a microprofile you know, breaks the, uh, the compatibility, it breaks for all runtimes, not just for you. So I mean, yes. I get the same problem in all runtimes. And uh, what do you say, the cadence? The cadence is one thing. Why microprofile will be never stable is actually by, uh, you know, if you, if you consider microprofile, uh, let's say open uh, open metrics or microprofile metrics, they are dependent on you know the Cloud Native Foundation. So if Cloud Native Foundation decides, or not the Cloud Native Foundation, uh, the Open Metrics, uh, Open Census, I think, and Open Telemetry, if they decide 
to change the spec. Microprofile will have to adapt. So, and then sure. breaking changes will just happen, but not because we are changing the API, the uh, cloud or the cloud vendors will change the API, which was never an issue in Java E because we are not dependent, you know, on Cloud Native Foundation or whatever. So this was more like, you know, closed Java world. And now we are in huge ecosystem. Or you'd say as Kubernetes changes the health checks, then we will also have to adapt in Microprofile health because, you know, this changed. This is uh, a fact. And so, therefore, I, I think that, um, and by the way, microprofile was remarkable, stable. So there was, uh, you know, the health was a little bit changed, the annotations. But what's really great, or we, we are in a lucky situation, where the breaking changes in microprofile are not that significant, because if you think about that, they are just added values, right? If you have health checks, you are probably have at most 10 health checks in the entire application. So if health checks will break, I will have, you know, to to uh, to uh, to search for health and and fix the annotation in, in ten places. So um, metrics a little bit more severe, but uh, not a big deal uh, because uh, you know the annotations are what you usually will have is uh, some counters and gauges. And uh, so what I wanted to say is it's not like CDI. If C CDI will change, it will break everything. But microprofile is like added value, and most of the APIs has huge added value with very how to call it narrow surface, like the best, best uh, for instance, open tracing. In the end of the fact, we get one annotation called traced and we get a huge added value. So what can break with annotation? Behind the scenes, of course, the, you know, the, uh, the functionality can change, but there's not a lot to do for a developer. If you, if you go through all the open API, you can actually, you can use open API without adding any annotation to your code. It, code, it will just, you know, happen automatically. So I, I think it is not a huge issue in MicroProfile, and it's a lot larger issue in JPA, for instance, right? So just outside of microprofile or CDI would be fatal. Even Jaxores, if you if you change, you know, lots of this semantic meaning of the annotations, we will be in bigger trouble. So I think microprofile is not that critical. So it depends on uh, how you do it, right? Yeah. As well, right? So uh, you can bring some backwards incompatible changes, but removing immediately half of your functionality. Right? Yeah. Then in which <laughs> yeah. case, definitely yeah. it will break everything. Yeah. But yeah, right. if, uh, if you try to do it a smart way, Okay, so we we decided that this uh, this is a dead end, right? We will uh, switch to slightly another direction. We will deprecate this kind of things, right? Yeah. And we'll keep it there for X number of releases, or maybe yeah. forever, but yeah. it will be deprecated, right? Yeah. So uh, this is a kind of a nice way of keeping uh, backwards uh, uh, compatibility or backwards incompatibility, right? Yeah. And on, on the other hand, you know, uh, uh, there is also a difference between application server deployment and uh, uh, all-in-one application, right? Yeah. Because uh, if you have an application server, right, as you said, you just implement in APIs, mm -hmm. right? And it runs on something, application server, right? Yeah. And application server may support some kind of a hot patching, right? So yeah. there is a security hole. Okay, uh, we can deploy a new version of some implementation. And uh, this is OSGI-based. So you just put your jar into the class path and it will be um, uh, taken by your application server uh, without restarting, right? And so on, right? So Mm -hmm. That's actually a huge advantage uh, because if you have uh, all-in-one application, right, executable jar, this yeah. is what's for, used for microservices now, Marcus Hille, don't speak mm -hmm. and so on. Uh, if there is a security hole, right, you mm -hmm. basically need to redeploy all of your nodes, right? Yeah. So uh, in, uh, in use, uh, of course, you can use some kind of a hot redeployment in your cloud environment where you, uh, you know, uh, change your nodes one by one and so on, but it's kind of a different technology uh, which serves the same purpose, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so what I'm waiting now... A little now, bit what, more complicated. What I'm waiting right now is, hence, you know, Helidon is tiny, Quarkus is tiny. I think in two years, we should see, you know, the movement back to shared deployments, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wouldn't be surprised. We will call it complete different. Let's say, like, uh, I don't know how to call it that, but I think 
monolith should come back, actually, if you think reasonable about that, because, you know, not all projects have the problem with the memory. And for me, using Anhelidon and put, you know, some microservices on top of Corcus, Helidon, Payara, Whitefly, Open Liberty, whatever, would make perfect sense for some applications. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the trend back because, you know, having, you know, 500 microservices communicating over the wire with each other is uh, not always the perfect solution, right? No, and I was always saying that monolith is actually not bad, right? No. So, uh, my microservices is not the only solution. In the uh, absolutely. many, many, many cases, monolith still makes sense, right? Yeah. So it, I had an article recently uh, explaining uh, why you should switch to microservices and when you should switch to microservices. And uh, the uh, idea is it depends. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, you really need to think before switching. Uh, do you really need it? Yeah. My advice is always start with a monolith, and if you and uh, if you're reasonable, write you know simple code, and then if you, you if you get some new use cases, it becomes really obvious if you need a microservice. I mean, if you're really thinking about this, sometimes the best solution is to introduce a microservice, but you will know it, right? You say, okay, now I'm depending on something third-party, which which has different release cycle to my application. That makes perfect sense to introduce a microservice, or you have you know, different requirements regarding monitoring or whatever, or scalability, then it makes sense, but not start with microservices, because at the beginning, it's really hard to identify the microservices. By the way, it would be the same story if you would start with OSGI bundles, it would be the same. At the beginning, you know, how many bundles, bundles do we know, need? No one knows. So let's wait a little bit until we learn, you know, and, and then introduce the modules because otherwise it, it will never work. So the last uncritical question of, of, uh, is um, Jakarta or MicroProfile, right? Should be uh, merged together or keep separate? That's <laughs> What's your a good opinion? Question. Yeah. So uh, many people, many opinions. Yeah, exactly. I think that it would be nice to uh, have only one project for that. Mm -hmm. uh, but on the other hand, what I'm interested in, I'm interested in the progress, right? Mm -hmm. I'm interested in that it actually works, right? Mm -hmm. And if people think that it's better to have it separate, mm -hmm. I'm I'm okay with that. We just need to participate and we just need to work on both, right? Right. The interesting case is that there are more or less the same people working on MicroProfile and Jakarta E. Exactly. Right? Uh, 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 but uh, the separation, at least this is how I understand it, it's more uh logical separation and mm -hmm. more marketing separation mm -hmm. right uh jakarta EE is still associated with java ee right mm -hmm. uh and uh, uh from some users perspective uh java ee is associated with huge monoliths slow memory yeah. consumption and so on right mm -hmm. and microprofile is something new something for microservices uh and uh, uh it doesn't have uh in the user's mind dissertation with uh slowness uh, huge memory consumption and this kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, this is, I guess, one of the reasons why uh, these two um, initiatives are separated, right? Mm -hmm. uh, on the other hand, uh, we all know that this is not really true that uh, application service, uh, Java EE and Jakarta EE, uh, uh, eat too much memory. No. And uh, uh, huge footprint and so on. This is, this is basically not true, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, so we need to evolve both, evolve MicroProfile and evolve Jakarta and combine them. Uh, so uh, I don't see any problems why we shouldn't use uh, MicroProfile APIs in Jakarta application servers. This is actually what uh, most of 
uh, the application server vendors are doing now, right? Mm-hmm. OpenLiberty supports both Jakarta and MicroProfile. Tommy does the same, Payara does the same, and so all. on, right? Actually, all. And uh, MicroProfile, they are also using Jakarta API, exactly. right? So JaxRS is there, CDI is there, uh, JSON binding, JSON processing is there. So uh, this is where we actually need to combine our efforts, and uh, we need each other, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, just, you know, push it, push it forward. Exactly, because right now, if you if you are in projects, this is almost impossible to use Jakarta e without MicroProfile or MicroProfile without Jakarta e. Now the whole discussion from pragmatic perspective, from user perspective like me, doesn't make any sense. For implementers or vendors' perspective like yours, is is a huge difference. But uh, you know, I saw some survey. Which is the most popular framework like Jakarta e MicroProfile? This was in Germany, Quarkus, and I think um, was like uh, Quarkus was first, and MicroProfile, and then Jakarta e. It's like what doesn't mean? I mean. Uh, I never used Quarkus without Jakarta or MicroProfile, right? So what I did... It's all, it's all the same, isn't it? Right? Yeah, it's all the same. So, and if we will combine, you know, this Quarkus uh, MicroProfile and Jakarta E was like, uh, then it will win over everything, right? So this is like, uh, it, it, it is, it, this is like interesting what the people are thinking. Uh, you like, you know, uh, Helidon more Jakarta or MicroProfile. You cannot just start MicroProfile without Helidon, right? You cannot just use MicroProfile out... I will ask you now, what is more popular, JDBC driver or Oracle driver? I mean, you cannot just use JDBC without Oracle, right? This is the <laughs> a, 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 a very strange discussion, you know? And um, and yeah, thank you. So where people can find you on Twitter, GitHub, and uh, yeah, Halidon Slacks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope you put my contacts in your release notes, sure. right? Uh, basically, I'm everywhere. Uh, I'm on Twitter, M0MUS, mm-hmm. right? This is my nick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am uh, on Halidon Slack channel. I'm afraid that you will need to get the link from the Hilidon.io website. It's okay. uh, down below the community section that they have all the contacts. Uh, and uh, uh, LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn. You can search for my name, Dmitry Kornilov, and uh, uh, you'll be able to find me. Okay, perfect. Thank you. It was fun. Yeah, thanks, Adam. So we should uh, know in one year schedule another session with about Hilidon 3.0. Yeah, okay. definitely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Bye.